I have a fascinating graffito, Nat. Oh, my sex is on fire. It's not my sex, it's a whole continent. And welcome to Dead Hello. Fight. It's the podcast where we take great moments that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each yes, other. Yes, we do. He's Jake. Yeah, I'm Nat Tapley. And together we are leaning on the dispatch boxes of history to ask the Prime Minister's questions of entertainment. Only That's to work. be referred to the answer we gave some podcasts ago. <laughs> some podcasts Many, many podcasts ago. We've got a special uh, coming up. Our 100th in uh, about a week is a week's time. going to feature two dads in the history shed by popular request yes it will (laughs) (laughs) they will be presenting the 100th episode yes but we're going to keep this one brief for uh, operational reasons so let's get on with this yes round one so I'm going to take you to the 6th of February 1851 when all across Victoria in Australia the worst bushfires in history were burning. They were the Black Thursday bushfires. A series of bushfires that led to 12 deaths, 1 million sheep dying and thousands of cattle being lost. Uh, an observer at the time said the temperature became torrid. Yeah. On the morning of the 6th of February 1851, the air which blew down from the north resembled the breath of a furnace. It wrapped the whole country in a sheet of flame. And they were the worst recorded bushfires until this year. One million sheep died in uh, 1851. Would you care to guess, Jake, how many animals have died in this year's bushfires? Is it, is it something like a billion? It's more than a billion. It's 1.25 billion. OK. One and a quarter. So it's only a thousand times worse than that other so one. So just the 0.25 is still... Uh, yeah, I was yeah, going to let you off the 0.25, okay. but then I remembered it was 250 million animals, so they were probably worth remembering. Probably. Anyway, but that's all completely normal, and we don't have to take any preventative measures. That's what the Australian government says, and I, for one, couldn't have more confidence in them. I think it's going to be great. I, too, saw this story, and I, I too, was going to cover this story. Mm. Uh, so... So I, too, am on the fly trying to find the other thing that I was going to do, which is the thing that I thought you were going to do. Oh, sorry. Temperatures today uh, will be torrid, <laughs> rising to oppressive by the mid-afternoon. Tor- torrid. Anyway. There'll be a furnace sweeping in from the north. Yes. Uh, so make sure you've got your rain hats Devastating on. Devastating literally everything in its wake. I'm going to take you to the 6th of February, 1918. Mm. And the Representation of the People Act in Britain, oh. which is abs- it's so up your strasser, I cannot believe I you know. didn't go for it. <laughs> you double bluffed me, you big fake out. <laughs> uh, this was giving the right to vote yes. to men aged over 21, yes. whether or not they owned property. Mm. Quite right, too. Yeah, and yeah. to women aged thirty or over, over thirty, yeah, <laughs> who 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 did have I like the idea that women only become sensible at thirty, yeah, and and who did have property with a rateable value above five pounds, or whose husbands did. Of course, how many women? Because your brain does get better then. As soon as you get rateable property worth above five pounds, you make much more sensible decisions. Well, with your it life. makes you a better person. That okay. Mm. Also, yes. I'm I'm I haven't had time to look, but I'm I'm guessing that uh, the mortality of women giving birth to children, which I'm sure they mostly did before yep. thirty in those days, was yes. probably quite high. So you can winnow out the less able members of society simply through the means of infant uh, yeah. mortality of mothers. So it did, though, allow eight point five million women mm. to vote which was something, I guess. Yay! And it started the whole first-past-the-post method of election, which has been working so well. 
uh, for us just lately. Uh, getting rid of proportional representation. Brilliant. Yay! Makes Phew! you proud. What a wonderful Makes day. Makes you proud. Well, let's, that's up to the listeners, whether they think the Representation of the People Act giving the vote to women over 30 is more important than the bushfires that swept through Australia in 1851. I love suddenly you care about the animals now. Yeah, wow. And suddenly you care about politics about and history. Women? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do the birthdays. I don't feel well. Happy birthday to Axel Rose, the lead singer of Guns N' Roses, whose name is an anagram of Oxel Arse. Happy... <laughs> Happy... You are stretching that, <laughs> if you'll forgive the... All right, carry on. Happy birthday to Dennis Norton, whom I assume Jake can do an impression of. No, I'm not one of those people who... Oh, oh. OK. Well, happy birthday also to Rip Torn, who I can do an impression of, but I'm not one of those people either, so you'll have to ask me in the pub. <laughs> happy death day to Mrs Beaton, who invented the cookbook, which gave us such classics as Alicia Silverstone's The Kind Diet, uh, In the Kitchen with Miss Piggy... <laughs> Cooking with Coolio, the Ghetto Gourmet, uh, Cheryl Baker's Low Calorie Cookbook, the Star Trek Cookbook, Food from the 23rd Century and Beyond. Are these are these real? These are real. Oh. These are not made up. Wow. And hashtag Mealtime by Two Chains. Fantastic. Can I can I just quote my favourite cookbook, which I actually own? Yes. Which is someone has tried to reconstruct all the great recipes of Elvis. Oh yes. And the food he liked. And the title of the book is Are You Hungry Tonight? <laughs> well, on that note, some celebrities have tried to do punning titles on some of their famous work. So, Jake, can you guess what Cheryl Crow's cookbook is called? Uh, I can't remember what her big song was called. <laughs> uh, it was called If It Makes You Happy. Oh, right, right. If if you're making flapjack? Nope, it's If It Makes You Healthy. Oh, That's wow. That's the Cheryl Crow cookbook. Then why are you so sad? Isn't that how it goes after that? (laughs) That that makes sense. Uh, um, What do you think? What do you think, Boy George's cookbook is called? Oh, I don't think much thought was Um, put into this. Caramel, 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 caramelized chameleons. (laughs) Almost. It's Karma Cookbook. Also, happy death day to Gustav Klimt, whose ability to draw sexy Viennese people thrust him into the upper stratosphere of mid-1990s poster appearances on student walls, along with Monk, the poster from Pulp Fiction, The Levelers, (laughs) Betty Blue, and Sexy Man Holding a Baby. Uh, Also, happy death day to Joanna of Bourbon, who married Charles V of France when she was age 12. But don't worry, he was age 12 too. (laughs) That makes Um, it fine. Yeah, they both had lots of affairs, but actually they seem to quite like each other by the end of their lives. Um, She's not the same as Joanna of Bourbon, who sits in the park, drinking Jack Daniels and shouting at children on the zip wire. (laughs) That's the death days. True story. Right, I'm going to take you to the 6th of February, mm. 60. Oh, 60. Interesting. Yeah. What? Because yes. it's the earliest date. This day mm. in AD 60 is the earliest date for which the day of the week is known. How do we know it? Because someone writ it on a wall. Mm. In Pompeii, there is a graffito. Yeah. 
a graffito, Nat. One graffitum. Would you like a biscotto? <laughs> graffito, two? please. Two mm. biscotti. And it identifies this day as a dies solis. Oh. A Sunday. Sunday. Which mm. means, of course, Wednesday. <laughs> so, but surely by that we do know what days of the week all the rest of the dates are, because you can just count back from the last one you know. Just go get on with it yeah. after that. So the day before it was yes. Saturday stroke Tuesday, although I don't know why we're doing Sunday. So Sunday's Wednesday. Yeah. What are the other days of the week? Just They're just all wrong, are they? Um, I d- Mercury, Mercury Day? Yeah. <laughs> Mercredi, yes. Okay. Mercredi makes sense. Yeah. So, which is what? So, it, DS Mercury is what it would be in the Julian calendar. So the French just didn't change it. Is it Mars Day? Mars, Mars. Jove, a uh, Jove Day. Jove, So I could probably do more research on this, but we just haven't had the time. It's, right. <laughs> it's just interesting to listen no to point. people, slightly uninformed people, grope their way through yeah. the history yeah. to try and come to an easily ascertainable fact. I think you should transcribe <laughs> that and put that in the podcast blurb. That's the best distillation of it I've heard so far. Today's is definitely our entry for the British Podcast Awards. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. You're welcome, guys. Okay, what's your one then, Nat? All right, I'm going for the 6th of February, 1947, when uh, Robert Capper, Henri Cartier-Bresson, George Roger, David Seymour, Rita Verdiant, William Vandebert, Rita Vandebert and Maria Eisner all get together and form the Magnum Photo Co-op. Which, came, which represented most of the very important photos which you'll know from the 20th century, and they celebrated by drinking a magnum of champagne. And at every meeting they had, they drank a magnum of champagne. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for creating the cultural and visual history of pretty much every photograph you remember from an important event of the 20th century, I'm going to nominate the Magnum Photo Company as most important thing to have happened on the 6th of February ever. Well... Since 1851, anyway. Were those the pictures that became the posters featuring in 90s student accommodation? Yes, they did the Athena, one of the man holding the baby. They did the... Oh, uh, Robert Capper, I think, did uh, Tennis Lady Scratching Her Bum. Are you actually serious? No. Only <laughs> <laughs> Cartier-Bresson did Kitten oh, Falling Out yeah. of Hammock. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Well, um, nice nice try, Hot Shots. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's quite as good as your United Artists from the other day. No, well, we'll see. That's up to the public to decide. Well, we are I, not here to... Yeah, if, if you listen back to uh, Wednesdays, by which I mean Sundays, by which I mean Mercury Days... <laughs> D.A. Solis. You, you can yeah. hear that. Irrespective of that, you can get yourself online and you can vote... Yes, vote, vote, uh, vote. ...for whichever one you think was the best. I mean, a bit blink and you miss it, but uh, maybe it's better to be snappy. Yeah, let's keep them... Keep them oh, shut up! So it's me being snappy. <laughs> right, uh, we are out of here for operational reasons. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your company. Do tell your friends about this podcast yes. and help it to grow. In fact, insist on go, everyone you take to the pub, make sure they know that about this great new podcast you're listening to. It's called Date Fight. It's available everywhere for free. Yeah. And just tell them to get involved. And get it in early before they're drunk and they forget. Yeah. Uh, you can vote online. It's at date underscore fight on Twitter. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash date fight. We'll be back with more tomorrow. We will. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>